The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high. Those of you reading from cell phones, you can lift them up too. Shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. I will learn from God's word and my life will never be the same because faith comes. By hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. We've been talking about Reset 2019, how you can reset your life. And uh, uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about how you can reset your heart towards the kingdom of God. You remember? And if you are not here, you can go to the website and you'll be able to listen to all the teachings, download them, and share with your friends uh, for free. We also talked about how you can reset your finances. Uh, We also talked about how you can reset your faithfulness. Uh, And we said, you know, on the faithfulness part, uh, that, you know, 2019 and beyond is not necessarily going to be uh, about how you can trust God, but about how God can trust you. Uh, with increase and with influence and with uh, bigger responsibilities. So you need to work on your uh, faithfulness uh, for uh, you to be entrusted with much. God said if you can't be faithful with a little, you will not be faithful with uh, much. Amen? And today we're talking about how you can also get a reset in your dreams and your visions. Uh, actually, your God-given dreams and visions. God has a big plan for every single one of us Amen. in here. God has never created anyone to be average. People become average because they choose to. Oh, in fact, let me rephrase that. People become average because they choose not to go with God's program. Because God's program for you and me is greatness. And when you choose to go your own path, sometimes you may not manifest the fullness of what God wants you to manifest simply because you are not at the right place at the right time. There was a man who made it to heaven and uh, he was expecting a big high five from God and he went in and he said, Lord, I'm so excited after I finally made it and that you're going to honor me for all the work that I did in the earth realm. I pastored a church of a thousand people and uh, man, I was just phenomenal at it. And God said, oh no, I hadn't called you to pastor. (laughs) He said, I called you to be a marketplace leader. And the guy was like, oh, maybe that's why I was so average at it. Amen. So God hasn't called you uh, to be average because he has a specific assignment for you that when you discover, you will begin to flourish. How many of you know that a dolphin is beautiful? It's a beautiful creature, but it's only beautiful when it's in water. And just like you, God has bestowed such a uh, tremendous gifts and assignments on the inside of you, but you can only begin to shine when you step into the water of your assignment. Amen? The environment that God has called you to be in. Let us go now to Jeremiah chapter number 1, verse 5. I'm hoping that by the end of this sermon today, I will have gotten you to believe that God does not want you to be average. At the core of your belief, 
I want you to walk out of this place knowing that God has called me to be a world changer. In fact, someone shout, I'm a world changer. changer. (laughs) You're not just a puff of smoke, you know, that will evaporate when we bury you and, you know, we say, rest in peace. Man, you you are a world changer. Uh, created by God to leave a mark that will not be erased. Amen? Amen. But you need to believe that. Uh, I was, we were driving uh, in Cape Town, Pastor Henry and myself and Pastor Tate and Pastor Dave Basson. He's going to be here preaching on the 17th of February. And he pointed at the hospital uh, where the first ever heart transplant took place in the world and it was in Cape Town. And he told me the name of that man. Wow. That good could have decided to become an accountant. And he would have been average at it. Hallelujah. So it says in Jeremiah chapter number 1 verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb I knew you. So God knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. And he goes on to say. Before you were born I sanctified you. And I ordained you a prophet to the nation. So he's talking primarily to Jeremiah. Amen? But from reading this, we can at least get a peep into God's modus operandi. We can get a peep into how God uh, uh, brings about human beings into existence. He first knows them before they are even formed in their mother's womb. You know what that means? That means God selected the womb that you are going to be formed in. That means you are not a mistake. You know, you may have been a mistake to your parents, like, oops, ooh, ooh, whoa. <laughs> but to God, he already planned you. And he deposited a calling on the inside of you, an assignment to be a world changer. Amen? Amen. So someone shout, I'm, I'm not an accident. I'm not a mistake. Not a mistake. God created me. He was intentional about me. And I have a purpose on the inside of me. Now, here's the deal. Once God deposited that purpose on the inside of you, some of you may still have, you know, an argument in your mind thinking, man, but I know you're still talking to uh, Jeremiah. If you read Acts chapter number 10, verse 34, the Bible says, Peter preaching, then Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. In other words, God is not a respecter of persons. The same way he created Jeremiah is the same way he created you. He didn't think, oh, Jeremiah is going to be special. Man, I need to favor Jeremiah. No, God is no respecter of persons. God does not show partiality. He does not show favoritism. The same way he dealt with Jeremiah is the same way he is dealing with you. He's dealt with you. So you have a big thing going on on the inside of you. The real question is not whether God gave you a big assignment. The real question is whether you and I are going to choose the assignment that God has chosen for us. It is whether you and I are going to make the choice to submit ourselves in what God has called us for. Some. God has called you to be uh, a preacher, some prophet, some, you know, marketplace leader, some business people, some, you know, uh, movie directors. God has called you to do uh, so many different things, but whatever he's called you to do is going to be revolutionary. Because God doesn't do smolanyana things. He's a big God. He does big things. And he put a big something on the inside of you. Amen? Amen. And man, when you start believing that, uh, it changes the way you receive and the way you function. 
Amen? But you and I have to choose this. We have to choose this assignment and submit ourselves to this assignment. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 30 verse 19, this is God speaking. He says, I have set before you. So after God created this assignment for you and me, he set it before us so that you and I could make a choice. God does not force anyone on anybody. Amen? He says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. This is God speaking to the children of Israel. He had a grand plan for them. And his plan for them was to make it into a land called the promised land. And this land flowed with what? Milk and honey. How many of you think this land was a beautiful land? How many of you think it was a great idea for the children of Israel? Yes, it was. But still, God didn't force them into it. He wanted them to make a choice. And he said, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, do what? Choose life. You get to choose. And whatever you choose, God will let you have it. In fact, free will or the ability to choose is the only thing that distinguishes us from the animal kingdom. It's the only thing. Animals eat, we eat too. Animals breathe in and breathe out, oxygen, carbon dioxide out, and we do the same. The only thing that distinguishes you from a, from a lion is a lion does not have the ability to choose. You and I have been blessed with an ability, it's an awesome responsibility from God to be able to choose. We are called what I like to call free will moral agents. And whatever you choose, God will let you have it. Ladies, listen, you could go to the hair salon and get uh, a different hairstyle every single day of the week. Your husband may not be happy with that, but guess what? You can choose to do that. But I can guarantee you, for all the times you go to the salon, you'll never bump into a zebra trying to get a different pattern. You know, like I'm tired of these stripes. Can I please have a check check? No, you won't. You know why? Because a zebra does not live on free will. He does not have the ability or the power to choose. He lives on instinct. Mm -hmm. But you and I can make a choice. And this is one of the reasons why we have not fulfilled. We have not lived our full potential because sometimes we don't choose the things that God has chosen for us. And even when we choose, sometimes we're not fully surrendered to God for God to let his ministry flow through us, whatever he has called us to do. Let's go to Second Chronicles chapter number 16, verse 9. 2 Chronicles chapter number 16, verse 9. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. This is what the Bible says of the Lord. It says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is what? I didn't get that. Whose heart is loyal to themselves? It says whose heart is loyal to him. Last week we were talking about faithfulness and today we're going to touch a little bit about it. And uh, we gave you some synonyms for the word faithful. We discovered that one of the uh, characteristics that you need if you're going to fulfill what God has called you to do in the earth realm was faithfulness, to be faithful. And we found out that, you know, some of the synonyms for the word faithfulness are to be uh, dependable. 
Amen? Uh, to be loyal. Uh, to be trustworthy. Amen? Because when God wants to get realm, he's not going to leave heaven and come into the earth to do it by himself. He's going to find someone who is faithful. And then he's going to get that person to do it for him. Hallelujah. In fact, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He influences the hearts of men to carry out God-given assignments. So here the scripture says, God's eyes go to and fro. Can you imagine? God is looking. He's searching. In fact, if you read it in the Hebrew, the original Hebrew text, you know, uh, paints the picture of a man looking for his lost keys in his house. You know, the way you turn the house upside down. That's the way God is looking. And what is he looking for? A person who's loyal to him, not to himself. Let me read the same verse in the, in the, in the Message Bible. I want you to see this. Let me read the same verse in this. Just after that, Hanani, the seer, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said, because you went for help to the king of Aram and didn't ask God for help, you've lost the victory. See, every time we rely on ourselves, we're going to lose. Amen. Amen? But when we rely on God, we win. We win all the time. He says, you've lost a victory over the army of the king of Aram. Didn't the Ethiopians and the Libyans come against you with superior forces, completely outclassing you in their chariots and cavalry, but you asked God for help? You asked who? I didn't hear that. You didn't ask the bank? You didn't ask your friend? You didn't ask your wife? You didn't ask your husband? You knew to go to God. Because you asked God for help, here's what happened. God gave you the victory. See, whenever you are committed to God, whenever you are connected to God, whenever you are submitted to his assignment for you, there's going to be victory, and victory will be certain. Can I get an amen? Amen. (laughs) He says, man, God gave you victory. God is always, man, this is awesome. God is always on the alert, constantly on the lookout for people. See, because God has to work with people, right? And God is on the alert, constantly on the lookout for people who are what? Totally committed to him. And when he finds them, you know what he does? He gives them assignments to carry out. Uh Those people are called faithful people. And it's sad to say those people are in short supply. How do we know that? That's what Jesus said in the New Testament in Matthew and in Luke. He said the harvest is plentiful. In other words, the work to be done is plentiful. There is so much to do. But the laborers are few. You know why? Because he wasn't just looking for any kind of laborer. He's looking for laborers who are what? Committed to him. And when he finds laborers who are faithful, remember what he said to those servants last week in Matthew 25, because you have been faithful with the little, I will make you ruler over much. In other words, because you have been faithful with a small assignment, I am bringing you over here to be doing it at a world stage where you will become a world changer. But the problem is we don't realize the God in the small things. So we get tripped up with this thing called faithfulness. Amen? A lot of people get stuck on faithfulness because they don't realize God starts with the small things. That's why I said to uh, Zechariah, if I was back home, I'd say Zachariah. He said, to, <laughs> he said to Zachariah 4, verse 10. This is what he said to Zechariah, Zechariah 4, 4, verse 10. That's what he said to him. He said to him, for who has despised the day of what? Small beginnings. Man, people despise the day of small beginnings because everyone wants to start big. But they don't realize everything in the kingdom starts small. 
See, God wanted it to end in the book of Revelations as a city. But he started it in the garden as a garden. It started as a garden of Eden. It's going to end as a city with 12 foundations and all of them with 12 precious stones. He wanted you and I to move it from the garden all the way to the city. And he deposited the ability on the inside of you. And what you need to do is not to look down on Eden. And Eden may be a small assignment that God has given you in this season. You know, you don't like it. You know, it sucks. And God knows you don't like it. It sucks. But he's training you for the greater responsibilities. Amen. Amen. And this is why God always starts with the small things. Let's go to Luke chapter number 19, verse 10. Chapter number 19, verse 16, actually. Last week we read that story about the talents, remember? Uh, Five talents, two talents, one talent. And we said each talent was worth about 30 kgs of gold. And we said that's equivalent to 20 million rand. You remember the story? The guy who got five talents brought back five. Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful with the little. I will make you rule over much. The guy with the two talents, same thing. Good and faithful servant. I will make you rule over much. And it was God making them rule over much. Amen? Amen? Amen. It wasn't their boss. It was God. Why? Because promotion does not come from the east or the west. It is God who lifts up another and puts down another. Amen? Amen? So when you work with an attitude that, you know, God is the one that's going to promote me, you're going to be faithful. And when you are faithful, God will bring you into much. Can I get an amen? Amen. So here we hear hear of another story uh, of a man who got a pound from his master. So the other guy got 20 million rand. This dude got 20 rand from the master. And the master gave them an instruction. And he said, occupy until I come or go and do business. That was the instruction. And this guy got 20 bucks, 20 rand. And he went and made 10 minutes or 10 times what he got. So he made 200 rand out of 20 rand. Notice this guy didn't complain. Like, Master, I know the other time you gave the other guy 20 million. No, he said, because this is what I have, this is the assignment, I'm going to work with it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And then he worked with the 20 bucks, and he made 10 more uh, uh, minas, and here's what the master said, next verse. And the master said to him, well done, good servant, because you were what? Faithful. I didn't hear that. <laughs> he didn't say because you were talented. He didn't say because you were good looking. Uh-huh. See, sometimes world changes are not <laughs> really good looking. <laughs> They're just faithful people. Amen. He says, because you were faithful in very little, have authority over 10 cities. Or in other words, I will now give you authority over 10 cities. Let's read it in the New Living Translation. You say something else. Uh, That's interesting. I want you to see it there. (laughs) Well done, the king exclaimed. "You You are a good servant. You have been faithful with the little I entrusted you to. I entrusted to you. So you will be governor. That's the word I was looking for. Governor of 10 cities as your what? As your reward. Man, this is awesome. I have a statement I coined that says, uh, uh, God has scattered supernatural encounters with divine favor on the journey of faithfulness. So as you are faithful with a little, because let's, let's think about it. Let's think about it. I want us to do the math. If this guy was purely working according to the natural system, how long would it have taken him 
to get to, let's say, a million rand. It would have taken him 400 years. You don't have that much, so you need divine favor. Amen? Amen. I said, amen. amen. So this guy took 20, you would have made 200, and you would have had to make, you know, 400 out of 200, and you would have had to make 800 out of, you know. So people who don't have the God connection, the God effect, will never move from 200 rand to 10 cities. But you, because you have favor, God wants to promote you. And because he has deposited a world-changing anointing on the inside of you, when you are faithful, you'll move you from 200 rand all the way to 10 cities. Governor of 10 cities. This is a big responsibility. But it came because this dude knew how to handle 20 bucks. Aren't your neighbor say, don't despise it when it's too small. Don't, come on now. Don't do it. Don't do it. Man, because, I mean, let's think about it. What was he looking after in 10 cities? Let's just take pick Johannesburg uh, uh, as a casing point. Johannesburg has a GDP of 125 billion U.S. dollars. Probably the master said, pick the 10 cities you want. I know the ladies would have started with Paris, you know. <laughs> I'm taking. Amen. He would have taken New York City. It has a GDP of 1.4 trillion. I mean, this guy moved from 200 rand to having a budget of 1.4 trillion. This guy moved from small responsibility to way responsibility. That's way bigger than he ever anticipated. Why? Because he knew how to handle 20 rand. Wow. Wow. And that 20 rand could be knowing how to handle relationships. Starting with the nanny. Man, this one is... Man, this one is strong. This may be uh, uh, knowing how to handle faithfulness in, you know, relation to time. I knew I wasn't going to get an amen. (laughs) Because these are the small things, right? And God knows... If he promotes you to be president, you're going to be late all the time. You're going to mess up the whole thing and mess it up for his people. Because God is thinking about the people when he brings us into places of authority and influence. Amen? He's ultimately thinking about the people. The Bible says when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. In other words, when the righteous are put in positions of influence and authority, it blesses the people. And God is doing it because he wants you and I to bless the people. Because God loves people. Amen? The second guy came. He said, you gave me one. I made five out of it. And the master said, now you have rulership over five cities. The last guy came in verse 20 and said, Lord, behold, here's your pound, which I have kept uh, laid up in a napkin. For I feared you, because you are an astute man. You take where you have not laid down. You reap where you did not sow. And he said to him, out of your own mouth will I judge you. You wicked servant. You knew that I'm an astute man, taking up where I did not lay down and reaping where I did not sow. Wherefore, you should have put my money in the bank that at my coming I might receive it with interest. Verse 24. And he said to them that stood by, take from him the pound and give it to the guy who already has 10 pounds. This is probably how I would not have dealt with this situation. I probably would have said, oh, so sorry, sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take six from this guy with ten and then give it to you, and at least you'll have seven. 
And then this guy, at least he has the ability to do the magic. He will be back at 15 in no time. And then we'll have an economy where everyone is equal. No, not Jesus. Sure. <laughs> Jesus said, take it away from him. Yeah. And you know what he called him? He said, take it, take it away from this wicked and slothful servant. Mm. The guy who has 10 minutes. What is he taking away? What is he taking away? We said last week, he's taking away opportunities because money represents opportunities. He does not take away your talent because the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. But he takes away the opportunities to manifest your talents when you're not faithful. So you see this guy. He'll have several opportunities. He's on TV. He's on radio. He's at work. He's, man, this guy has 10 opportunities. Now he's writing books. And they are selling, and he's selling perfume. Man, what's going on? Why can't we take one of those opportunities and give to this guy? Ah, no, but this guy is always late. And this guy hasn't learned how, uh, he hasn't learned people's skills. How do you know, master? Because he doesn't know how to treat his gardener. See, because it starts with the small things. You think people's skills are measured by how you treat your boss. Man, this is good preaching. This is good preaching. And he says, take it away and give it to who? To the guy who has 10 pounds. And this is what the people said, verse 25. Verse 25. But they say to him, Master, he has 10 already. You know, he has 10. Why are you giving him one more? And this is what the master said. Man, these are some strong words from Jesus. For I say to you. See, when Jesus says, for I say to you, when he was already saying to you. <laughs> he was already saying to you. But now he's saying to you, because he wants you to pay attention. If you're reading on the original King James, it says, verily, verily, I say to you. A double verily. He says, verily, verily, I say to you. That to everyone who has, will be given. Everyone who has what? Faithfulness. See, I used to think to everyone who has money. You know, and that's where we coined this statement, the rich get richer. No, the rich don't get richer. It's the faithful that get richer. But it just so happens that the faithful are already rich because they know how to make 200 bucks out of 20 rand. So they keep getting richer. Why? Because they're faithful. To everyone who has faithfulness, more will be given. More what? More opportunities will be given. To him who does not have, does not have what? faithfulness, even the little that he has will be taken away from him. Man, these are hard words from the master. So how do we get to practice this faithfulness? What are the steps of discovering what God has called us to do and how do we tap into it? Let's go to Job chapter number 8 verse 7. Let me encourage you with this. And then we'll go to uh, somewhere else. Amen? So faithfulness is an exponential result. You just stay faith, uh, faithful in the little and you will see exponential results. Can I get an amen? He says in Job 8 verse 7, though your beginning was small, he knows the beginning is going to be small. He says, though your beginning was small, yet your latter end would, would increase how? Abundantly. It's going to grow. If you're reading in the original uh, King James Bible, it says, though your beginning was small, yet your latter end should greatly, your latter end should greatly increase. Amen? First Corinthians chapter number four, verse two. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I love this. Because this, you can track in your own life. Yeah. 
Man, when you start being faithful, I can, I, man, when you make the decision this year that I'm going to be faithful with the little in my assignment, man, I'm telling you, by the end of the year, we'll be talking a different story because God will bring more opportunities your way. Amen? Amen? I always try and support local businesses. I always try and support, you know, people that I know. But sometimes they're just not faithful. They just don't deliver on time because, you know, after all, he's Tafara. I know him and he's my friend. He's going to forgive me. But that's unfaithful. That's not a good demonstration of faithfulness. Amen? 1 Corinthians 4 verse 2. It says, moreover, it is what? Required in stewards. See, we are all stewards. And here the Apostle Paul, I mean the minister, the Apostle of Grace, he's writing about faithfulness. He says, moreover, it's required in stewards that a man be found what? Faithful. It is a requirement for all stewards to be faithful. You know, in university, we had two kinds of electives, uh, two kinds of, you know, uh, 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 courses that you could take. Uh, electives and uh, uh, compulsory. Now, this is compulsory. This is a compulsory uh, course in the kingdom of God. It says, moreover, it is required. <laughs> it is a compulsory in stewards that a man be found with this thing called faithfulness. What is faithfulness? Dependability. Can God depend on you? You know, trustworthy. Can God trust you with the things that he wants done in the earth realm? I was saying in the first service, if God wants to give someone money, he's not going to print it in heaven and make it rain from, from the sky. Of course, God, God makes it rain. He's the, he owns a kettle on a thousand yields. By making it rain... Those of you who are older, it means God is rich. He, he makes it rain. Amen? We know that. God is rich. So God makes it rain. He's rich. But he's not going to make it rain as in rain. Amen? You will find someone. I need to give Henry 200 rand. But I want to give it to you so you can help me with this transaction. Can I trust you with this? And most of us fail the test. Because once you say, here's the awesome part about it. Once you say, yes, Lord, you can trust me, he usually gives it to you as 500. Because he's a God of abundance. And we always say this. When you possess, in fact, most rich people, in fact, all rich people, they carry this generous spirit. They are not wasteful because they're faithful, but they're generous. Because they understand, you know what? I'm connected to the source. Amen. And so God will always find someone who's trustworthy. If God wants to give a prophetic word, he's going to find someone who is loyal to him and committed to him and not to themselves. What do I mean by that? If you're committed to yourself, you're going to start asking yourself questions. What if I look stupid? In fact, when he went to Noah and he said, Noah, I want you to go and tell the people that I'm going to make it rain for the next 40 days. It's going to be raining. And there's going to be a flood, and everyone will die. And up to Noah's time, no one had ever seen rain. Because the ground would be watered from the mist from the ground. So Noah said, okay, I don't care about myself. I don't mind looking stupid for the Lord. I'm going to carry this message and start telling people. So he just walked around and said, man, guys, it's going to rain. Rain? <laughs> what is rain? He says, when drops of water from the sky, man, people were laughing off of their chairs. Like, you're crazy. And he said, this is the message I got from the Lord. He even started building an ark. And it took him 40 years. Can you imagine going into the new year at the 11th year? 
And people are still asking you, Baba, what's your New Year's resolution? <laughs> no, it's building the ark. Ah, Baba, 21, 21, year 21, New Year's. What's your New Year's resolution? It's building, building the ark. It's building the ark. What was he? He was dependable. God picked Noah and he said, man, I can depend on this guy for this assignment. And we're still talking about Noah today. You know why? Because he was dependable. Man, his eyes are going to and fro. God's eyes are going to and fro looking for the next Christian to publish the next big movie that will change people's lives worldwide. But guess what? A lot of us are not dependable. Because I tell you, man, I, you know, once that... Uh, a budget money for that movie hits my account, I may change my mind. <laughs> I'll tell you up front, I may change my mind, amen? That's why Pastor T is not getting the assignment. <laughs> it's simple. That's why I'm not getting the assignment, because I may buy a brand new car, and God wants me to produce this, you know. So God is looking for dependable uh, people, people that he can trust. Can I get an amen? Let's go now to uh, Psalm 37, verse 4. Some of you may be wondering, so how do I find out uh, what God wants me to do? How do I find out this assignment from God that he has created me for? Verse 4 of Psalm 37 says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. See, when you delight yourself in God, God begins to lead you by giving you desires that come straight from him. And as you pursue those desires, guess what? You will come face to face with your assignment. Just delight yourself in the Lord. Get excited about God. Get excited about your relationship with God. Commune and fellowship with him and he will give you the desires of your heart. Amen? Uh, Luke 16 verse 12. Here's another way you can start uh, pursuing your dream. In fact, as we close, let's read it from verse 10. I call this the three-step process of faithfulness. This is the three-step process of graduating in the school of faithfulness. Amen? The first step is he who is faithful in what is least is faithful in much. We already talked about that. He who is unjust in what is least is also unjust in much. Did you read that? It works like gravity. You know, when you're faithful in the least, we already know what you're going to do with the much. Hallelujah! If you can't look after a... Uh, 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 you know that old Mini Cooper not the new one, the old one the old, old, old Mini Cooper if we give you the new Mini Cooper you may turn it into the old Mini Cooper because you know if you can't master faithfulness with a little you're not going to be able to handle the march it's as simple as that if you struggle with you know, faithfulness and small things that's just the name of the game verse 11 Therefore, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? So here, the second step of faithfulness is being uh, trustworthy, being dependable in unrighteous mammon. Unrighteous mammon is just material things. You are dependable and trustworthy in your handling of money. And God says when you are, you will commit to your trust the true riches. That man could handle 20 rand and he got influence and authority over a city over people, God's most precious commodity, the apple of his eye. He became a governor over people. He received influence from God because he mastered faithfulness in this area of finances. A lot of people get tripped up with money. They get tripped up, you know, handling finances, and they stop the flow 
of true riches. What do you call true riches? The anointing. What do you true, call true riches? The gifts of the spirit. You know, if, 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 if you don't know how to handle money and you start flowing in the gifts of the spirit, man, you start abusing people. You start making people pay for healing services. You start doing crazy stuff. If you have not mastered faithfulness in the area of unrighteous mammon, and you start functioning at that high level of the anointing, man, you do all kinds of weird things, and that's why we see what we see in today's world. Amen? Amen. It's because people haven't mastered how to be trustworthy, to be dependable in the area of finances. And the third uh, a step in this uh, faithfulness journey is to be faithful in what is another man's. He says, if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give to you what is your ownership? So ownership always comes through faithfulness of something that belongs to someone else. I know this is not a popular statement. It's not popular preaching, but it will help you. If you can't be faithful with the house you're renting, you're not definitely not going to be faithful with your own house. If you can't be faithful as an employee, man, church folk, you know what? People in the marketplace should be coming to churches looking for more people to employ. They should be coming to faith you. Say some, say, hey, hire Christians. They should have it as a silent uh, company policy. You must hire those believers because those believers work hard. Amen. That's that's. That should be the norm. You know why? Because that's what we see in Scripture. Let's go to Colossians. Colossians. This is what we should be doing in the marketplace. Do you agree? We should be faithful in businesses that belong to other people. And then God will bless us with businesses that belong to us. We should be faithful in things that belong to other people. And God will give us that which is our own. And this is Jesus speaking. Now, the Apostle Paul says in Colossians 3, uh, verse 22... Born servants. Do you see it? He's talking to slaves. Man, my advice to slaves would have been run away. (laughs) Quit and run. This is Paul's advice to slaves under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Born servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. You, he's talking to employees if you translate it to today. He's saying, man, if you get a job, listen to your boss. Not with eye service. In other words, don't just work because he's looking. As man pleases. But in sincerity of heart, fearing God. Fearing who? He didn't say anything about the boss. He said fearing God. Why? Verse 23. And do whatever you do heartily as to the Lord and not to man. Verse 24. Knowing this, that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. So promotion does not come from your boss. He may think he's the one who has the keys for your promotion, but you and I know a secret. My promotion comes from God. So it does not matter what this guy may think about me. If I work with a good attitude, if I do what the Bible is saying I must do, guess what? I'm going to be promoted. I'm going to come into a place of divine favor. And in the natural, people, things uh, can stop your boss. But let me tell you, nobody can stop God. When it's time for your promotion, God will do it supernaturally. Amen? 
man, it, it, it will just drop your jaw like, wow, this is the doing of the Lord, man. Look at that. God will do it supernaturally. And he will promote you better than your boss can promote you. Amen? Amen. And this is what he's saying. Have the right attitude. Have the attitude of faithfulness. Let's go now to uh, Ephesians chapter number 6. We're going to read from verse 5 to 9 as we close. Oh man, I'm out of time already. Time moves fast when you're having fun. Amen? Amen. (laughs) I wish you moved this fast on the treadmill. (laughs) You know, when you're running, when you just put the towel on it and the peep is like, ah, two, two and a half minutes. <laughs> it says, born servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with honor, that's what he's saying, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart as to Christ. Next verse. Not with eye service as men please us, but as born servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Next verse. With goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to man. Next verse. Knowing that whatever good anyone. Someone say anyone. Anyone. He's talking to the saints at Ephesus. He's saying among you, whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. In other words, the Lord will bring you to a place of prominence and influence and authority. And here, I'm not talking about heaven. All of us are going to heaven. I'm talking about fulfilling your potential. God wants you and I to live our lives here on the earth to the fullest. But it's sad that we've preached so much about heaven. God has brought us here on the earth and we're supposed to have an awesome earth experience. It is as a family that goes to Cape Town for a vacation. And they have... Uh, 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 this, you know, villa uh, paid for right at the beachfront. But they're so consumed with coming back to Jobek, heaven, <laughs> that they just stick around the airport, just sticking around the airport. Songs about it. One day it will get better when we get to the sweet by and by. They're talking about heaven so much, they've forgotten that God wants them to experience his goodness even in the earth. They are so heaven conscious that they have moved from the beach to stay at the airport. Just waiting for the day that they will go to heaven. Man, God wants you to live this life in the earth realm to the maximum. He wants you to empty of yourself. I think it was Miles Monroe who said the richest place in the whole wide world is the graveyard. Because people have taken their gifts and their talents. Books, movies, things that could have changed lives are in the graveyard. And he says, that's the richest place. You know why? Because they didn't realize they could empty themselves in the earth. They didn't realize that as they are being faithful with the small things, God incrementally begins to give them a bigger and better responsibility. And as they step into that bigger and better responsibility, there are divine moments that shift you from just an incremental uh, growth of influence into a totally different dimension. As we were uh, worshiping, I saw this, you know, in a vision that it is as a man, you know, when uh, Lady C was praying about doors, it is as a man who walks into uh, a door that is controlled by those automatic things, sensors and stuff, and all you have to do is to stay on the journey of walking, and then as you get close to it, 
that door is going to open into your next dimension. That's why the Apostle Paul says, do not grow weary in walking. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Because guess what? If you get to the garage, Pastor Henry and Beth asked you to go to the garage and get some coke. If you go to the garage and stayed in your car and went back home and said, you know what? I didn't get the coke because the door was closed. She'd say, go back. (laughs) And then when you get there, get out of the car and walk towards the door. As you walk towards the door, something magical is going to happen. And then you are going to be in your next dimension. A lot of people are turning back before getting into that, you know, uh, 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 vicinity where the senses can open you up into the next dimension. Why don't you? We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. <laughs>